Well, it's certainly a, a pleasure to be here and to be invited to come and and uh, preach and celebrate uh, communion with you. And I hope uh, your rector is getting a well-deserved rest. I hope he's not off doing some work, but but uh, getting refreshed uh, to meet the challenges that at least I always remembered would come uh, as you tried to get everything cranked up for the fall. So uh, he's smart to uh, to take a, a chance, uh, take this opportunity to uh, to renew his uh, spirit and his his body. I can still recall the first time I faced the stark reality of my own death. In many respects, I was like the rich fool in Jesus' parable that we just heard. Thanks to hard work and good fortune, I was awarded a Moorhead Scholarship at the University of North Carolina. John Motley Moorhead, for whom the scholarship was named, was an alumnus of the university who went on to make his fortune as the founder of the Union Carbide Corporation. Unlike the rich fool in today's parable, however, he didn't build bigger barns for his vast wealth. Rather, he decided to establish an undergraduate scholarship program modeled on the Rhodes Scholarship Uh, for graduate students at Oxford, establishing a foundation that in turn would pour a fraction of the investment income from his fortune into the little barns like me and other promising high school students. That's how I struck it rich uh, at the tender age of 17, for the Moorhead Scholarship was a full-ride academic program plus room and board, and even spending money. I squirreled away enough that between my junior and senior year, I even could afford to take the whole summer and travel throughout Europe. My father was so grateful that he didn't have to worry about the expense of educating the eldest of his four boys that he even bought me a used Fiat 850 Spider. Like the rich fool in the parable, I felt like I had it made. All I had to do was to attend to my academic studies and find my niche and leave my mark in the larger life of the university, and which all of which seemed like a thoroughly pleasant prospect. I moved into Granville Towers, which was a brand new, high-rise, air-conditioned, co-ed dorm with its own in-house cafeteria bursting with tasty, well-prepared, all-you-could-eat food. Um, Early in my first fall semester, I arranged to visit a new friend I had met during the past summer. I made three very foolish mistakes that nearly cost me my life. One, I didn't bother to check and replace my tires, even though I had noticed that the tires were almost bald. Secondly, I didn't adjust my speed to avoid the threat of hydroplaning during a downpour, even though I wasn't exceeding the posted speed limit. 
And thirdly, and most importantly, I completely overlooked the fact that I was mortal like everybody else. Thank God I remembered to wear my seatbelt as my car flipped three and a half times on the interstate, ending upside down in a muddy ditch at the bottom of the hill, I knew as never before that my life was alone and a gift from God, and that God might, like he did in today's parable, demand repayment at that very moment. No matter how richly he may have blessed me just a few months earlier with an almost heavenly undergraduate opportunity. Jesus is pointing out the fact today that our riches can blind us to the truth that everything we have is on loan and is a gift from God. That he not only has a right to reclaim at any moment but also to require of us an accounting of how we have used what he has given us. That's why he refuses to arbitrate and divide the inheritance between the two brothers. Take care, he warns them and warns us, life is not defined by what we have. I had a friend in seminary who inherited a fortune from his father, the owner of a prosperous New England publishing company. He told me that being his father's heir was like receiving a refrigerator filled with ice cream sandwiches. You could open the door, take out as many as you wanted, enjoy them, and the next time you open the door to get another ice cream sandwich, you'd discover that the refrigerator would be magically filled back again. Maybe with even so many more ice cream sandwiches that your single refrigerator wouldn't be big enough anymore for all of them. You couldn't close the door, so you'd have to go out and buy another refrigerator or somehow uh, share them with others. Wealth can be very seductive because it does seem to have a life of its own with the ability to reproduce. I checked my Fidelity retirement account this morning, which is conservatively uh, invested now that I'm retired, but even invested mostly in bonds. I'm still receiving an 11% return this year without putting in a penny. Nonetheless, Jesus is warning us not to be foolish, to think that our riches by themselves, can somehow give us eternal life. It's what we do with what we have that makes all the difference when all is said and done, whenever that said and done may be. I've had the pleasure of serving on the board of All Saints Academy, an Episcopal-affiliated school uh, between Winter Haven and Lakeland. All Saints is like Trinity Prep or Sweetwater Academy that you may be more familiar with here in the Orlando area. One of our trustees at All Saints was Carol Barnett, the daughter of Publix founder George Jenkins. Carol is one of the few 
female billionaires in the world, according to Fortune magazine. She and her husband, Barney, have given millions to build out the campus, which was begun about 25 years ago, and to help establish an endowment for this young school. Barney confessed to me on more than one occasion that every time he gave to All Saints, public stock would go up. (laughs) So that his gift to the school, in a sense, didn't cost him a dime. Thank God Carol and Barney are no fools. Choosing instead to use their wealth entrusted to them by God... To provide for such a unique and needed Christian institution in Polk County. Not long after our vision for the All Saints campus was designed and built out, Carol was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease. What a comfort and blessing it must be for her. To know even as her mind darkens, she has done what she could while she could. Knowing that every day and every dollar she gave to the school was her way of being rich toward God. Someone once told me that money is like manure. If you spread it around... It has the power to make things grow. But if you hoard it, it stinks and it's largely useless. And I've always thought that was just a pretty pretty wise way of thinking about money. Dr. Eduardo Torres is my family practice doctor. I love that man because he saved my hearing. Um, I'd never heard of it before, uh, sudden uh, hearing loss due to a virus attacking your auditory, auditory nerve. And if, if you don't get after it right away, uh, that nerve will die and you'll, you'll just basically be deaf in one ear and, and also be just tortured with tinnitus. And so I love that man. <laughs> um, and one of his favorite phrases, which he often repeats at the end of my annual physical exams or, or on those other occasions when my need is more urgent or critical, he'll say, the last thing he usually says is, party on. And this advice might appear to contradict what Jesus is warning us about today, not to be foolish about our mortality and to act wisely and accordingly. But I would submit to you that Jesus and the doctor are really saying the same thing. Because the doctor is saying in effect, Tom, I'm just a physician. I'm a mortal human being just like you. I can do a lot to preserve your physical health and support your mental health. But I'm not God. I can't give you eternal life. So... Enjoy the life God has given you. And I know because of his own example that one of the things that gives him the most satisfaction is serving as the physician in a free clinic uh, for those in Polk County who would not otherwise receive medical care. This, This is 
This is what his, this is his idea of what it means to party on. I cannot give you eternal life. Enjoy the life God has given you, even as you take care of that life as best you can and use your life in the service of others as best you can, because that, too, is an essential part of a truly fulfilling and abundant life, however long that life may last. My mom is currently under hospice care in an assisted living facility some 15 minutes from my home. She requires daily help in eating, bathing, going to the bathroom, dressing, getting in and out of her wheelchair, taking her medications. Before her shift ends at 7 in the morning, Kamisha, the overnight med tech, changes mom and gets her dressed before I arrive at 8. Last week, I checked with her to verify what mom's status was, and she went on to ask me to pray for her because lightning had struck her home, which was pro- which she probably decided she couldn't afford to insure, causing a fire which the fire department put out, but not before ruining all of her possessions and those of her three children who will be returning to school shortly. As it turned out, I had just gone to an ATM machine the day before because I'd used what little cash I normally carry with me to pay for a hairdresser to fix up mom's hair. I knew immediately what I needed and wanted to do. I reached for my wallet even as I asked her about who was helping her. And the Red Cross had been there right away. And we explored some other institutions uh, that might be able to have resources for her to recover from this loss. And then I handed her what I had, which she hesitated to take until I reminded her it could have happened to me or to anyone else for that matter. Let us live as if every day is our last. Because as Paul baptism, Colossians this morning, we have already died, actually, in our baptism. We put the old life aside, and our new life is hidden with Christ in God. Let us use what God gives us to make as many friends as possible. Even those who may even be more foolish than I was as a 17-year-old. So that they may welcome us when our time comes to enter into our eternal home. A home that God will give us as our true and lasting possession. Because we were good managers of what he entrusted to us in this all-too-brief life. Whether it ends in a car accident at 17, or in a hospital bed at 89, or somewhere in between, as we have been confronted uh, yesterday in a Walmart, or in a uh, 
eating establishment in Dayton. We just don't know how much time we have. Let's make the very best of it. Oh, man.